Welcome to the show, sports fans. This is the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down District 3 activities week in, week out. Brandon Bainey is always joined by Logan Green. Logan, what's up? Hey, Brandon. You know what? Today I had to go to the doctor and I had to get a shot. And well, they took my blood. And that is, I have to look away. I feel like such a pansy because I have to turn and I'm like, just I can't see it. I can't see it. I'm not going to pass out, but. I, so I'm over here like acting like a baby, like my wife's been teasing me today because I feel like I can't use my left arm. And she's like, oh, you poor thing. So uh, I'm a little uh, a little limited over here with the left arm. Okay. We're both we're real both, problems. Real problems. We're, we were we were both listed as questionable for today's podcast. <laughs> but we, uh, we were able According to, to Adam Schaefer, right? Is that... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so sources have told me that Logan Green is he's going to try and give it a go in in pre-podcast warm-ups, but <laughs> he, he had to get a shot today. So I don't know if he's out for the week or not, but he might be. Right. Uh so yeah, I've been feeling a little under the weather. Um and so I'm a little more casually dressed today. I've got my Lapway hoodie on, but anyways, uh if you're watching the video on on the Idaho Sports.com YouTube channel, you can see all that. If uh, you are listening audio only, that's awesome as well. Idaho Sports.com YouTube channel and Facebook page. All right, let's let's get right into it. Uh it, it was rivalry week. It's 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 like rivalry week in the Treasure yeah. Valley logo. We had all these great matchups. This the the stinky sneaker. It's always hard for me to say that. Yeah, the stinky sneaker. We had a new rivalry as well. Let's start with the uh, the battle between uh, Mountain View and Meridian, though. The stinky sneaker. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you saw pictures of it, Brandon, but it was completely full on both sides, as it as it always is. It always is full. Um, I you know what you look at Mountain View. They've just come in come in on a roll. And I think the game was closed throughout, but it ultimately Mountain View comes away with with a win in that uh, this season. And they just they look really good right now. Mountain View does. Yeah, and that coupled with uh, their their big win over Hawaii, you know, yeah. uh, recently as well, uh, like you said. And so, boy, John Nettleton, man, he's he's been doing this a long time at Mountain View. Right, <laughs> always got them right there in the mix. Uh, they play such great team ball. So yeah, Mountain View. Uh, a good performance and a good showing there. Um, and then we had this this new rivalry uh, that took place, the battle for the bolt between Eagle and Hawaii. And the Storm end up uh, taking that in boys basketball, uh, 71 to 38. So pretty one-sided. Let's talk about, you know, in the preseason, what we heard was, you know, Hawaii is the team to beat in this league. Eagle is number two. And then from there, there's a there's a drop off in 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 terms of like tiering the teams. But I think it's been proven now that you know I don't I don't think there is a I mean the top four Mountain View is five and zero in league, why he is four and one, Timberline Eagle and Meridian are all four and two. To me, it is very balanced this year in the five ASIC. Yeah, and I do think that there is you know. a bit of a drop because I'm just looking at Eagle, right? Because they played in this new – I texted Coach Harrington to ask him why do they call it the, the Bolt. But, you know, the new rivalry between Eagle and Hawaii is the battle for the Bolt. Um, and, and Hawaii really dominated that game. I mean, huge win by the Storm. Um, and that's an Eagle team that, right, you know, that's, that's lurking in that top five. Um, and so I'm wondering if there is a little separation at least – from, from some of those teams, 
But like you said, I mean, Meridian played Mountain View pretty close in that game um, and, and hasn't, you know, has been right around in the mix. And so it's going to be a really tough uh, conference the rest of the way as districts come up um, between everybody that's left in the conference. You, you know, like you said, kind of in that top half, uh, there is a there's a log jam of teams um, towards the bottom with three, two and one wins. But, you know, those top five, I think probably are are rightfully so sitting in the top five. Yeah, you know, Mountain View this year uh, started two and three overall with losses to Meridian by nine, Centennial by four. Those were non-conference games, though. They didn't count towards the league ledger. And they've since defeated Meridian, which they did uh, Tuesday night. And then they have the matchup with Centennial still coming on February 3rd. So I would even throw Centennial in there. You know, this top six is pretty balanced and and even you know like cuna at times has shown flashes of potential this year but the reason why we're breaking the, the league down this way is because the top four becomes increasingly important this year logan with a 13 team sic basically when we get to the postseason for both boys and girls basketball and we saw this in in soccer and in volleyball earlier this fall but it's a 13 team bracket well boy that's kind of messy how do you figure that out well you give your top four teams automatic buys, and then you have a mm-hmm. series of play-in games. Five plays 13, six plays 12, seven plays 11. Or, or I, th- I think it's actually the top five teams get buys. And then it's six and 13, seven and 12, eight and nine. Nah, maybe it's the top three. I can't remember what it is. I thought it – well, I talked to Coach Hartman, and he, I at least from what he had told me at, at, from Middleton, he said there was four, that the top four got in – but you're right. I don't know how that works. I think, I'd have to I think sketch it out. I think it's three. I think if I'm, thinking, if I'm thinking back to volleyball, the top three teams got buys and then four played 13, five played 12, six played 11, seven played 10, eight played nine. And that's a one, one shot deal. You lose that game. If you're the four, if you're the fourth place finisher and you have a historically bad night and you lose to the 13th place team, that's it. You're done. Yeah. You don't get to go to the double elimination bracket. So finishing in the top three in both boys and girls basketball, crucially important this year in the SIC. Oh yeah. I mean, you cannot have, you need to be in those top three. Right. And I think the top two are the top two, right? I think that's Mountain View and Hawaii and it's a battle, right? For those, um, you know, Meridian Eagle, uh, Rocky Mountain, even throwing them in there into that mix. Um, with two wins, but you know, Bora has three, CUNA has three, Centennial has three. Those those teams are right on the heels of Meridian, Eagle, and Timberline with those four wins. Uh, so the separation is not huge yet, right? There's not a huge gap between it's right there. It, it still is anybody's opportunity, I think, for that third, you know, those last opportunities for a buy. So we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. I think that you could see a team maybe get hot um, and, and get on a run. I tell you what, I, this is not a team that um, I think many people would expect to see in that. And I don't, I, I'm not saying that they are going to be, but um, I saw Boise play on Saturday night against Middleton and, and they're good. I know that their record might not indicate that, but if, if that team can get hot and play like they did against Middleton, um, I, I I think they're dangerous. I think that I'll say this: they're a team that can win in that that first round, right? That play-in round. Um, and 
I would not want to line up across from them. They've kind of been close in a lot of their games so far. Uh, Coach Varela told me on Saturday that, you know, they, they kind of had started off slow and and in these games got down by so much that they were trying to fight their way back and they, they couldn't do so. Um, against Middleton, they led that game at one point by something like 30 points, 28 points. They Nobody has beaten Middleton that bad this year. And Boise just crushed them. And so they're a team that, you know, like you said, hey, you can do as well as you want all season long, but if you have one hiccup in that that first round, and I, I think it's February 11th is, I think, the date um, for all of those games, um, that Saturday before um, the girls' tournament, um, the, the, that's all going down. So, uh, yeah, beware. Uh, better show up on that day. If, if you're not ready to go, you're going home. Yeah, and, and kind of you know forecasting how this race might go. Uh, Timberline already has a win over Eagle, but a loss to Meridian. So Meridian yeah. and Eagle still need to play. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot to be sorted out. It could come down to tiebreakers. That's what happened in a lot of the other sports in the fall in this gigantic conference. And I will tell you, Logan, that it's also crucially important to finish when you get to districts to finish in the top four at districts because the top four automatically get to go to state fifth place and sixth place have to play the second place team from the East and the North respectively that right now in the East is probably, you know, Madison and or Rigby, which would be tough. And then to me, the infinitely more difficult matchup would be the number two team from the North. That's Coeur d'Alene. We saw Eagle and Meridian both go up to Coeur d'Alene earlier this year, and it didn't go well. So yeah. you, you want to stay away from that if you can. Yeah, I don't think the District 3 is getting those extra bids, to just be on. Like, I mean, it's, it's going to be a dog. Nobody's going to walk in and expect to win. I'll say that. That Coeur d'Alene is really good. Um, and Rigby slash Madison, I don't know who's going to win it. I feel like they go back and forth. Um uh, but those two kind of look to be in control over there. I don't know. You probably have a better grasp on that being over there in that part of the state. But I, I believe that those two are going to be the ones that uh, come out of it. But I mean, I mean, even so, if we go back right to the stinky sneaker game, right um, uh, earlier this week, um, it was eight point win, right? But that game was tied with about two minutes to go at fifty five. So it's not like Meridian wasn't. In that game, Meridian led that game. They they led for a good chunk of the game, right? I mean, they they were doing well throughout, and um, you know, I there's no reason they could have just as easily had those last two minutes gone the other direction, come away with a win there. And this conversation is a totally different conversation today. So, right. um, you, you know, it, it'll be not only is it pertinent to win on the 11th, or you know. To, to win the rest of the regular season so you don't have to play on the 11th but and pertinent to win on the 11th but definitely you don't want to play in a play-in game you do not um uh, because it's I, I don't know if it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah gonna be and, tough games and I should I should mention that uh you know Eagle did beat Cordelaine but it was only by three and it was a game where they were on the ropes for a while um they almost lost to post Falls which post falls is, is not very good. good. (laughs) And and, and like post falls was, was close. Um, Meridian lost, you know, quarter lane hung a hundred on Meridian and won by 40 plus points. So, so yeah, 
if you're in a play-in game, the East is better, definitely, because Madison and Rigby at times have shown weaknesses this year. Rigby lost to Madison by nine the first time they played. That's been Rigby's only league game so far. Um, but you, you definitely want to stay away from Coeur d'Alene in the North if you can. So Okay, all right, transitive property then. So Lapway beats Post Falls by a lot earlier this season. So you're telling me that Lapway – could compete in the five ASIC. Is is that what we're talking? Is if 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 they could give uh, Eagle a good game, let, let's throw them in. Let's see how it goes. I I do think Lapway would be one of these teams that's sitting like three and two in league, three and three, something like that in the SIC. Yeah. I mean the depth the, the depth isn't there, so like night in night out they're going to wear down. But give the um, people what they want. <laughs> give them that's that's all I'm asking. This well, is like the, I mean the, the, yeah. It's like the Big Ten. We'll just scoop up teams from wherever. Yeah. and Yeah, just scoop them up. Well, this is a little sidebar, but Lapway earlier this year, right, beat Lakeside, who's a good team um, from Plummer. And I saw that Lakeside dropped 120 points. Did you see this? Yes. On Clark Fork? And that was with a running clock, right? Yes. Because they won by like 60. That is – how do you do that? How do you – that's a lot of points. A lot of steals, a lot of quick layups. <laughs> that's how that, that is. <laughs> that's how that like, is. I, like you see teams that are on offensively only put up 80 or 90 points only. Uh, but anyways, that was probably the most impressive offensive output of um, of the season for any team. But yes, anyway, sure. anyway, this- you're right. I guess that what that boils down to is you don't want to play in the play-in game. Uh, maybe in past years it's been something that, you know, ah, I'll take my chances in the play-in game, but uh, not anymore. No, and this conversation applies to the girls' side as well. If we if we shift over now to the five ASIC girls, where again you're looking at the same scenario: top four from districts get to go to state, fifth and sixth have to have to do play-in games. It's it's even more magnified on the girls' side, right? You've got Thunder Ridge, which is undefeated. You've got Rigby, which is 15 and three. Those are both from the East. They played for the first time last night, and Thunder Ridge won by. Uh, 12 12 ish mm-hmm. um but they're but they're both really good rigby came over for the timberline tournament or, or a thunder ridge came over for the timberline tournament mm-hmm. and went three and oh earlier this year and and then up north right you've got lake city Coeur d'Alene, and post falls who are all you know they've combined to lose six times this year amongst yeah. all of the teams so this happened last year why he had to play post falls in a play-in game and lost so so this is where it's even more important on the girls side because whereas on the boys side i I give you a good chance to win against the team from the east it's going to be infinitely more difficult on the girls side so right now the top four is boise at nine and oh in league Hawaii and rocky mountain are both seven and one and timberline is seven and two Timberline lost to Hawaii last week in a, a pretty close game, but the Storm continue to play well under Coach Jordan Axe, and they're a young team. You know, they're relying on a lot of sophomores. Um, but here's how this stands is is Hawaii beat Timberline 47 to 43, but then they lost to Rocky Mountain as well, 50 to 43. So there's there's some tiebreaker <laughs> stuff that could happen yeah. in amongst that tonight. As we're recording this on Thursday, the 19th, you have Rocky playing Timberline tonight and a why he playing Boise. We will have a lot to talk about from those games on next week's show, Logan. Yeah. And that's going to tell us a lot, right? I think you're going to get now all of a sudden the, the dust maybe starts to settle a little bit, but I don't know if that's going to happen with those top 
at least the, the three of the top four. Right now, nobody's shown that they can beat Boise. And I don't will somebody do it? Maybe. We'll see. Um, but right now it's it's Boise and then those three. <laughs> and like you said, if it is three that get that automatic bid, that's a battle, right? To to not have to play. Not that I think that there would be any concern with the teams at the bottom half of the league um, with an upset there in the first round, to be honest, um, from, from what I've seen. Um, that, you know, nothing against Nampa and Bora, but th- those those teams are young and they're they're going to struggle um, just just from just from going to uh, some of their games. Um, just just to be honest. So, but you know, it's nice to have the weekend off and not have to play. So, so Boise has lost once this year. It was way back in the season opener to Lake City, seventy three to sixty two. They have won 16 in a row yeah. since then, Logan. But look at this schedule. Here are the final three games of the year for Boise. Tonight at Hawaii, Saturday at home versus Rocky Mountain, and then Tuesday at Timberline. That is the top. That's the, those they, are the three teams that are right behind them. <laughs> they saved the best for last. Um, yeah. Man, and it's crazy because next week is it, right? Teams are having yeah. their seat. I saw posts that people are having senior night this week. Like there well, are some, senior nights. Yeah, some have already happened. Yeah, isn't that crazy that we're already there? Um, but ne- next week for most teams is it right? Is is the end of the regular season? So now is the time to play well to get it in order because you could be done playing basketball in ten days, which is you know kind of crazy to think about at this point. But but we're almost there. So um, now's the time, and Boise is going to almost essentially start right a tournament lifestyle for the rest of the season right yeah they're going to be playing teams that are more than likely going to state for the rest of the way on out Uh, you know except for maybe you know those first two games at districts but you've got three games to finish up your regular season against probable good chance to be in state teams and then you're going to go to if you go to state obviously that's a state team so um Man, a heck of an end of the way to, but maybe that's what you want, right? Maybe you want to be going up against those really good teams late in the year so that you roll in with a head full of steam. So, yeah, it's 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 really interesting to see how that's going to shake out. We we can't all be Alabama and play the Citadel the week before the season ends. So, <laughs> yes, um, spoken like a true. Lucky. Spoken like a true ACC fan over there. <laughs> there is no hey hey NC State. Here we go. They're uh they're number twenty five in the net right now. So where we we sh- we should be in um, to the tournament. Oh yeah, no, I think I think they're a tournament team. If the uh, NCAA tournament started today, for sure. Okay, let's let's move to the four ASIC on the boys side where. Bishop Kelly had been the team everyone had kind of, and, yeah. and it was it was an uneasy, you know, in the preseason coaches poll, everyone kind of reluctantly said Bishop Kelly, not because they didn't think BK was good, but because they thought, boy, this league, any anybody really could could take this thing by the horns, and I think we've seen that where um, overall against other leagues, you know, the league has struggled. Uh, only two teams have winning records when you look at overall marks. And in the middle of the league standings, it's kind of this jumbled mess. But really, Bishop Kelly, um, their last two times out, have, have taken it on the on the chin a couple of times. They lost to Skyview by 5, 46-41 last Friday. And then Tuesday night in double overtime, they fall to Columbia, 58-56. to 56. 
So that sets up now Skyview alone in first place at five and zero, oh, and this is boys basketball. Columbia is second at four and one. Columbia and Skyview already uh, played, or no, they haven't played. Uh, Columbia's, uh, oh yes, they have. Okay, so Columbia lost to Skyview at the Parma Holiday Tournament. How about this, Logan? Columbia and Skyview are big rivals. They, they're playing each other twice starting tonight. So the mm-hmm. winner of this game is in first place in the standings. Um, but they also played for an unscheduled third time at the Parma Holiday Tournament. It was a close game. Columbia won 69-66. to 66. What do you think we're in store for in the rematch tonight? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just sorry. I'm looking over here at my stuff on it. I mean, you look at Skyview. Right. And what they've been able to do over the last few weeks, they haven't lost since a game on December 20th. So almost an entire month ago. And that was at Twin Falls by four points. Outside of that, Skyview's losses are to Centennial and Middleton. Um, You look at that and you say, hey, Skyview, I'll admit it. They kind of slid under my radar all year long. And like, you know, that what they've been able to do. Um, you know, based on what we've seen so far, I would lean towards Skyview uh, in that game. Um, I, I think Skyview has been able to play well, that they've been on a roll. I mean, they won that, like you said, that Parma tournament, but that was only a three-point game. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, when you look at Columbia's schedule, that's their last loss. <laughs> their last loss is to Skyview. Um, so, Hey, you never know, um, what, you know, those two teams and before that, their last loss was on December 21st. So, I mean, I would lean Skyview, but it wouldn't surprise me either way if Columbia or Skyview wins that game. And I, I think those two have really set themselves apart and maybe, um, I, I think Skyview can actually make a little bit of noise at state. I would hope so. Right. From district three that, uh, you, you know, those teams, there is this, you know, rivalry between the East and the Treasure Valley, I feel like, that is more the Eastern teams feel that they're slighted. But I, honestly, having been over, I'm not, I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm not an alumni of any high school here. So, um, but I, I just don't feel like that the, the teams from the Treasure Valley look down on Eastern Idaho or, it, you know, that, that that's not a thing over here that, um, that they're like, ah, you know, anyway, I feel like that's a made up thing in people's minds personally, personally, that that's my personal thought on it. But um, it's no denying that those teams have been better this year. Preston, very good. Century, very good. Pocatello, very good. And only one of those teams is going to go. You look at, uh, you know, Blackfoot, Shelly, Skyline, some of those teams over there that sometimes have losing records and get in the tournament. And what do they do? They go and they beat the Treasure Valley teams, right? Um, it happens. And so it would be nice to, to see somebody like a Skyview step up and say, no, thanks. We're going to, we're going to take care of business here. Well, you didn't even mention the best team from the East Hillcrest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how did I miss Hillcrest? I, I, that is embarrassing because they, they might be the best team in the state. Like they are It'd be unbelievable. Yep. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Columbia with that double overtime win over Bishop Kelly, uh, two nights ago, uh, Dan Bell led, led the way with 20 points in the win. Dan Bell, man, he's fun to watch for Columbia. He's 6'2", and he's basically like the post. He's like the power forward. So he's undersized. 
Um, but man, he fights hard and he's a rebounding machine. He's kind of like Dennis Rodman back in the day. He just finds ways to, to slip in there and, and get the board. So he had 20. Jack Keller had 19 for Columbia. He's a great outside shooter. And then Columbia also, uh, you'll remember, Logan, a couple years ago, they had this really otherworldly player in Jalen Alexander. Jalen Alexander. Oh, yeah, his, he was phenomenal. His his younger brother is a senior on the team, Makai Alexander, and he's six foot seven, and he's kind of the guy that holds it down in the middle. He's he's still a little raw, you know. Uh he, he gets into foul trouble sometimes. Um, he's not, you know, Jalen Alexander was so good, and, and Makai is not quite yeah. there. So to compare them is unfair because they're almost totally different players, but um, that is a big body that I don't know. Nobody else in the SIC really has that, you know, a six, seven impact player like that. So no, and no. And I, you know, um, Middleton seemed to always have that in the four ASIC. Obviously they've moved up and that size is gone from them. I feel like the conference has been a little bit more open with, with that, you know, for years they had, it was Tyler Robinette and then it was, you know, Tyler Medeiros or, you know, whoever else it was, Michael day in there. But, um, Somebody else's turn, right, to, to be the big man of the, the 4 ASIC. And, you know, it's nice that it's another Alexander. I mean, Jalen had some plays that were just, like, jaw-dropping, right, where he had some some highlight dunks um, in some games, and uh, he was really fun to watch at Columbia. Yeah, for sure. So, yes, Columbia and Skyview played tonight. They rematch at the very end of the regular season on February 15th. And by the way, Bishop Kelly gets Skyview and Columbia back-to-back in February as well, February 7th and February 10th, and both those games are at home for BK. So there's a lot still to be sorted out in the 4A SIC, but the winner of tonight's game between Columbia and Skyview takes that first step towards being in the driver's seat. Let's move to 3A hoops, and we're going to go to girls basketball, where last week uh, Parma and Weezer met on the floor uh, for the second time this year. And uh, it, it did not disappoint. You know, it was a tight game, but Parma gets out of there with the 39 to 33 win. This was a game that we had on IdahoSports.com, and it was a really fun battle between these two. Yeah, and, and you know, this is the second time they played a very similar score in those games. This one was a six-point game, the first one a four-point game. Uh, but Parma, I mean, has clearly staked themselves now with those two wins. Um, as the the team to beat and you know they don't have to see Weezer the rest of the way and I think the drop after those two is is a little significant um, down to Fruitland um, who sits at third and I, I think these two teams are going to roll through the rest of the way um, up to district tournaments but yeah there's no knock on Weezer I mean it's a couple of possessions and uh, you've got a flipped story right um, and, and we've seen this with other girls teams right we you, we talked last week about Melba and Cole Valley, right? Whatever happened in the regular season got flipped in the postseason. Um, and, and I could very easily see that happening with these two, right? They've been close. Um, and I expect they'll probably play for the district championship in a couple of weeks and expect a fun one there as well. Yep. It's uh, it's going to be really... So the two matchups between these two this year, Parma won the first one by four. Parma won the second one by six. Ten points total between those two. And yep. so... Uh, it's going to be fantastic. They're both 15 and two overall and both uh, right near the top in the IdahoSports.com power rankings, which again, we update every day on IdahoSports.com. We pick a different team, a different uh, game to highlight 
And um, yeah, we break it down for you each and every day. Uh, 2A hoops. Let's go to boys basketball in the 2A Western Idaho Conference where, oh boy, <laughs> buckle up, Logan. We know we know Melba's good, right? 13-0 and yep. overall, 7-0 and in the league. But after that, you have Cole Valley Christian, New Plymouth, and Nampa Christian. They are all 11-3 and overall. Cole Valley is six and two in league. New Plymouth is five and two in league. Napa Christian is four and three. And further complicating matters is Ambrose, who's only five and seven overall, but they are four and four in conference play after defeating Napa Christian in yeah. overtime on Tuesday night, 77 to 75. What do you yeah, make of this? And, 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 and Ambrose only beat Marcin earlier this year by two, 47 yeah. to 45. So, so really, this top six, I don't know, man. Two through six, throw a dart. <laughs> it's a mess. Yes, and I think anybody. Uh, let's take let like I said. Let's take Melba out of this equation because they're un out of this world good, right? Just unbelievable. But the rest of them, I think anybody could beat anybody on any given night. I mean, we've seen it, right? Nampa Christian is able to beat Cole Valley Christian, and then Ambrose beats Nampa Christian, right? If you want to do that step ladder, you can all day. You know, all that you want. Which, by the way, I love that game. Um, a couple of years ago, you could trace ISU back to beating like Duke or North Carolina, one of the two. It was hilarious. I had it like mapped out, and it was like, oh, I guess, guess the Bengals are better than, uh, guess they're better than the Tar Heels, which is great. You know, um, that's awesome. But um, so I love that game. But um, you know, anybody can beat anybody on any given night, and you know, I still think that I. Just got maybe a little biased because I saw Cole Valley uh, play. I think they're really good. I think that they are a great team. They they played well with Melba in the first matchup. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe those two play tomorrow on Friday. Um, and I know that Cole Valley is ready for that second chance. Uh, they, they were in that game the first time. They led that game, I believe, in the third quarter. Um, and before it slipped away and they feel like that, that they can get it done. Right. And I, I think that if anybody's going to take down Melba, I guess I'll look at it like that. If anybody's going to beat Melba, I think it's Cole Valley. I don't know if anybody else can, can take care of it, but I believe anybody else can beat Cole Valley because it, it's happened obviously right. Nampa Christian beat him. So um, I, it's fun, right? This might be the most um, up in the air because I think you could legitimately pick any of those, what four teams and say, yeah, you're going to go to state. And I think any of them could come away with a win at state too. Um, now you want to guarantee your trip to state, right? Because your play-in game is not going to be easy this year against a team from the North. Yeah. So the top two teams uh, at districts get to go to state third place plays second place from district one and two, which is at this point looking like Kellogg or St. Mary's both really talented teams. So um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that all shakes out. Big night of basketball Friday night, Logan, you've got Cole Valley taking on Melba. You've also got Ambrose playing new Plymouth. So another domino possibly could fall yeah. there. And then Ambrose turns around and plays, uh, or excuse me, uh, uh, on Monday, then Nampa Christian plays new Plymouth as well. So a big stretch coming up for the, uh, the pilgrims and head coach, uh, Jeff Lavender also. Yeah, I mean they all they're five and two, like you mentioned. You know, one, two, three teams sit at eleven and three, and New Plymouth, right? That their their only losses in conference, right, are to Melba and Cole Valley, and and yeah, and you know what? They didn't get run out of the building in either one of those games, right? Uh, you know, 
14 points, I believe it was. Um, well, I had it here. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, 14 points. Yeah. 14 points to Melba and 15 points to Cole Valley. So, Hey, you know, didn't, didn't get run out of the building and, you know, there's definitely a chance to maybe flip that script another time. So new Plymouth, a team lurking in the wing as well. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how all of that shakes out down the stretch. And maybe we'll have more data when we come back next week uh, to do the prep cast. All right, let's wrap up with one, a D two hoops. Logan, you were in, you were in garden Valley yeah. on Monday night. You know, it was a very light schedule on Monday with the federal holiday and whatnot, but that didn't stop IdahoSports.com from going no. <laughs> somewhere and bringing you a great broadcast. It was a girls boys doubleheader between cascade and garden valley and uh, the wolverines get the sweep across the board let's talk about that girls game first and then we'll talk about the boys game yeah so i mean the girls game it's very interesting that cascade team is extremely young um you know they start um a couple they started uh two sophomores or excuse me two freshmen on that team two juniors and then their one senior kyler nitzel and uh you know they really struggled to score the ball, right? Um, and, and I think that that was something that um, people could see coming. Um, I just think that they're just not there yet. They're just young. And Garden Valley just took advantage. Uh, Garden Valley, you know, they were pretty balanced in scoring. Uh, Cadence Jacobs was our player of the game. She dropped 18 points. Caitlin Thompson, she had 16 points. And those two really led the way. It's funny, Gracie Castillo, right? She's a great wrestler from Garden Valley. Finished third place, I believe, right at the um, um, whatever. What was the wrestling Raleigh match Lane. that was there? Yeah, Raleigh Lane. Can't think of the name. I could see her. She wasn't. She came in like at the last minute and had like a, those wrestling earmuffs. See, I'm a bad. I'm not a wrestler. I don't know. I, that's not my thing. The head she gear. had. She had the headgear. She came in with that, so she had just gotten done with wrestling practice. I'm assuming, and then jumped in. Um, but, but also talking to the, you know, to the garden Valley coach, um, Mike Chandler, who's telling me that Gracie, she, she can't be there for Saturday games, right? This is an interesting thing that he told me about. So anytime they play on Saturday, she's not there. And so that, that affects, cause she's, she's at wrestling tournaments pretty much every time. And then they also have two other players. Um, I, I believe it's, uh, Emma Davis and Aubrey Zimmer that they play club volleyball. So they're not there Mondays and Wednesdays. So if they play on Monday or Wednesday, that they're missing two players. If they play on a Saturday, they're missing one player. So unless they're playing on a Tuesday, a Thursday, or a Friday, they don't have their full team. And so that's an interesting development with, I think, with um, Garden Valley, which I wonder, part of me wonders when you get to district tournaments, will that change? Will they say, all right, we're all in. We're going to bring everybody in. Um, club volleyball, you can wait while this district tournament happens. Um, obviously that was a game really wasn't ever in doubt. Um, Garden Valley came away with a big win there, but um, we'll see. I mean, obviously there's the two giants in uh, council and Tri-Valley right now at the girls level um, that, that are just kind of head and shoulders above everybody else, but it wouldn't shock me to see if maybe Garden Valley can get hot at the right time, but they, they've got the players that could get it done on the girls side. Yeah, and so here's the interesting thing about that league race is <clears throat> Council Council and Tri-Valley are both 3-0 and in conference. Garden Valley is 3-2 and with two losses to Council and Tri-Valley. Mm -hmm. Wolverines will still play Council and Tri-Valley once here 
over the final 10 days of the season. So a lot to be said for Garden Valley still, but for Council and Tri-Valley, they have not played yet. If you'll recall, they were supposed to play on December 17th, but that was a week after Tri-Valley's head coach, Jeff Springer, unexpectedly passed away. And rightfully so, Tri-Valley said, "We're, we're not in the good place yet so no. let's let's postpone the game as far as i can tell that game hasn't that the the re the rematch the rescheduling has has not occurred that hasn't been put on the calendar anywhere that i've seen so you're looking at now they were originally scheduled to play in cambridge on january 31st to kind of finish out the year and that might be the only matchup we get yeah. between Council and Tri-Valley this year. And if they're both still undefeated, it's basically one game for the regular season title. Yeah, and uh, kind of an interesting development that, I mean, we've seen that in the NFL this year, right? Where yeah. um, a, a dramatic event like that can change around the schedule and uh, you don't want to look for it. You, you know, you don't want to – it's kind of hard to talk about the ramifications of something that was so – just not good. Right. And and where sports weren't the biggest concern there, but it obviously does at the end of the day have ramifications. But I think, I I personally think those two are just very good. Tri Valley beat uh, garden Valley by like 19 points, something like that. Um, And so garden Valley would really need to turn things around to be able to, to get that done. Um, Garden Valley, they did turn the ball over quite a bit um, for a team that won a game. So you know, I, I haven't seen Tri-Valley play, but obviously state champions two years ago, they, you know, they, they know what winning a championship looks like. Council went to the state championship last year. I think those two just have that history recently and know how to perform in those high-pressure games. Yeah, Tri-Valley is a young team, Logan, not a, not a senior on the team, which is uh, – yeah, crazy to think about. They've had some injuries. They did have some seniors that were going to be key players, um, and and one at least is uh, Manon Tyler out for the year with an injury. So this is a young team, uh, and in fact, yeah. they only they only have three juniors on the varsity roster. So it's a <laughs> lot of sophomores and freshmen um, for Tri Valley this year. So um, that'll be interesting that, to see as it goes. That seems to be right par for the course for the whole long pin, right? I mean. Yeah. We talked about Horseshoe Bend's volleyball team, right? When when they were, you know, rolling through everybody and they didn't, you know, they were super young too. It's just kind of interesting to see how they're where did the seniors go um in the long pen? <laughs> they, they they were there, right? They're, at some point, it's just interesting that uh there's there's this dichotomy, right, with some of the teams. Yes, and and I would have to look. Um, I, I don't I don't know this for sure. I'm just speculating, but Horseshoe Bend has been so good at volleyball. Um, but it's not translating to basketball because Horseshoe Bend is doing a JV only schedule yeah. this year for girls basketball. So I wonder, I wonder if the like club volleyball maybe is uh, t- taking some of those athletes away. Well, I don't know. It's, I, it's, it's taking I mean, some from Garden Valley, right? right. Uh, some days right. of the week. Well, it's really funny because during the boys game, um, there was a couple of the girls on Garden Valley team that would run out with a volleyball and were hitting it back and forth in the corner of the gym. It was like, okay, and then the game would start and they'd go back and sit down. Like they were playing volleyball before their game, during the JV game, and after their game, during the varsity boys game, just back and forth. And um, yeah, interesting stuff, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay, and real quick, let's recap with boys basketball. You got to see Garden Valley play Cascade as well. 
Um, give us your breakdown of what so, happened there. So, right. A lot of people will guard camp. Can't get my words out. Cascade, if I remember correctly, was picked to, um, to win the conference by the coaches. Um, but I tell you what, that Garden Valley team, uh, they came out firing. They scored a lot of points quickly. And really, Cascade just could not dig out of the hole. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, that's what doomed them. After the first quarter, it was 28-10 to 10 in favor of Garden Valley. They led by 18 points after that first quarter. They led by 22 at halftime. But then at the end of the day, it was only an 11-point game at the, you know, when the final word sounded uh, in that fourth, even after the third quarter, it was a 22 point game. Uh, Cascade played very well. The rest of the game outside that first quarter, they just doomed themselves with that first quarter um, and and weren't able to dig themselves out of it. But, you know, Garden Valley just was extremely balanced. I mean, Tacoma Kelly had 18 points. Trayson Korn had 17. Trevor Korn had 12 and Zay Thompson had 10. Gavin Kelly, Kelly, Gavin Kelly, with the 11. So, I mean, look right there. They had five players in double figures for Garden Valley. Uh, on the opposite side, Cole Olson, he had 21 points for Cascade. Grant Whipple had 10. Uh, Tyler Thurston, he had 18 uh, for Garden Valley, or excuse me, for Cascade. So, and I think Cascade is a team that when they press, they're hard to beat. Garden Valley had a hard time beating that press, and that's where Cascade started to make that comeback when they put on the full court press and ran down the court uh, and stole the ball. So um, obviously Garden Valley comes away with a win. So you got to give them kudos there. Now their second victory over Cascade on the season. So they're done with the Ramblers for the year. Now Cascade was coming into that game off of a loss to Horseshoe Bend, which I don't think a lot of people saw coming. I personally didn't. I wasn't expecting um, Horseshoe Bend to, to knock down the Ramblers, especially with, with what they had uh, shown the last couple of weeks, or Cascade, that is. Um, so, you know, Brandon, you said that uh, we got a video of that shot, right, that that ended up helping um, Horseshoe Bend defeat Cascade. Do you have that? Yes. Uh, so, sorry, I had to duck away for a second. Uh, when you work from home and you have two dogs, we were like two seconds away from having an accident in the house. So I had to like go. <laughs> take, Emergency. Take yeah. So anyways, uh, yes, this is from Jenny Drake, uh, Horseshoe Bend uh, parent and fan, uh, and she tagged us in this on Twitter. Um, this was against Cascade. Uh, Porter Larson had the game-winning shot off the assist from um, Carson Drake. So here we go. Yeah, so that was huge. What a shot, right? Yeah, on the road, no less, too. Uh, That's a heck of a play. And and like I mentioned, Brandon, while you were out, um, Cascade is a good team. Um, And, you know, that's a tough loss to Horseshoe Bend. And, and again, they they trailed by 22 um, at halftime and – then they 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 were the better team I thought in the second half, and honestly they were probably the better team uh, from the midway point of the second quarter I thought that Cascade. But 
at that point they had dug themselves in a hole. They were down by 30. I think at one point was as high as it got. And um, you, you just can't start slow and, and find, you know, come back that far. Right. Um, and then this is something that when I talked to uh, coach Nate Hartman and, and Boise coach uh, Valera the other day um, at their game that, they, they were both disappointed in how their teams had started their game. They had started slow, and they didn't want that anymore. And in that game, Boise did not start slow. They came out, and they started extremely fast, got up double digits on – it was like 13-2, to two, just like that, and then they went on to win the game. There was – you know, Middleton made a, a, a little comeback, but it wasn't enough. Same thing here. Not a great start for Cascade. If they start that game 50% better, you know, just don't give up so many points. I – at the end of it, 28 points. We thought Garden Valley was going to drop 100 in that game, but we were we we're like, is it? Can they stop them? And at the point, they they could not. And you know what? You got to start the game. You got to start it. And you know, you can't just come out and. Uh, it's easy to say from my point of view, right? It's it's so easy for me to say that, um, not being out there. So I don't know what goes into that fully uh, for a player out there. But um, if you don't start well, it, it's just it's it's you're not going to catch up every time. It happens. It does happen, um, but it's not common to dig yourself out of a 22-point deficit in the third quarter. Like the great poet group, the Black Eyed Peas once said, let's get it started. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> let's get it started hot. <laughs> yeah, um, you want to get the hot start. But, you know, that kind of leads me to, like we said, to do the school of the week. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go ahead and give that to Garden Valley. Uh, we were up there. We saw them. It was a fun experience. Uh, both of their teams undefeated over the past week. Uh, so there's really no reason to not go ahead and knock it and give it to Garden Valley, the team of the week, school of the week, excuse me, uh, for their their performance, both boys and girls. Good coaches, man. Mike Chandler on the girls' side. He's the athletic director as well. Heather Kelly, the boys' coach, and Jason Yearsley, the football coach, is all, the assistant coach for boys' basketball. That's a good good group of coaches up there in uh, garden Valley for sure. So. Yeah. And they just rotate through the same names, right? You know, th <laughs> these names are the football name. It's funny when I, we had the player of the game and I tagged them on Instagram. Um, I just tagged the football team's account because it's the same team, right? And they just <laughs> traded their football pad for a basketball Jersey. It's right. The, it's the same team. So yeah, for sure. All right. Well, garden Valley school of the week and, you know, we, we went a little long today, but man, there was a lot of good stuff to get to. And um, yeah, we're, we're, he we're heading to the finish line for girls basketball. We'll have a lot to talk about in girls hoops next week, especially. Um, and so, yeah, enjoy the competitions this week, wherever you're at, um, wherever you're going, wrestling or basketball. And thanks for tuning in, everybody. For Logan Green, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.